Hello, and welcome to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities. I'm your host, Sean Creighton. In my current role as NACU president, I have the honor of working with an amazing group of independent colleges and universities. I'm a huge admirer of their approach to teaching and learning. They provide an integrated, liberal, professional, and civic education. As a result, the NACU campuses graduate extraordinary professionals for a global workforce and society. Also, their campuses are beautiful. About our podcast, we will focus on topics related to higher education. We will bring in guests that wrestle with current and future challenges. They'll include college presidents, provosts, professors, researchers, authors, disruptors, reporters, strategists, and maybe even a futurist or two. They'll help us expand our window into the world of higher ed. Thank you for being here. And without further ado, let's get started. On today's episode, we will speak with President Dan Lugo, who is completing his first year as a new president at Queen's University of Charlotte. President Lugo, thank you for being our guest. Sean, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure uh, to be on the podcast. Welcome. Well, hey, listen, before we get started with some questions, uh, I know you can't see me right now, but I am wearing my Queen's University t-shirt. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Hey, let's jump in. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, Queen's University of Charlotte and then even kind of lead into, I guess, your background and, and what prepared you to become their president. So Queen's University of Charlotte is this really wonderful, comprehensive university um, that kind of combines a deep history in the tradition of, of learning and the liberal arts, um, a really kind of quintessential American approach to a multidisciplinary education, and combines that with four professional schools to give our students a great 21st century education that really has the best of all worlds. Um, we're a very historic college. Uh, we were founded in 1857, uh, originally as a women's college. And over um, that period of time between then and now, we've adapted and expanded our instruction and, and our audience uh, to really meet the needs of a changing world. Um, I kind of think of us as uh, we are, you know, the often uh, asked for uh, uh, answer to the question that students have who are looking to learn in a real tight-knit community and in an intimate classroom environment um, where you're going to be known as an individual. We have that type of scale and opportunity with us, but we're embedded uh, in this incredible city of Charlotte, a major city, which gives our students unparalleled access to the professional world where they get to scale their learning and their experiences um, and the reach that they can have into the professional world is just really unbeatable. Um, so we're that type of place, and um, I think it's a real signature university, a signature opportunity for our students, um, and a real wonderful place to, to live and learn. Yeah, I mean, my visit down there, I mean, I experienced everything you're talking about, and, and right now, Charlotte, which has always been you know, a, a strong city continues to grow and, and, and uh, create so many opportunities. I think the airport itself has <laughs> tripled or doubled in size. But, you know, so this is your first time as a, as a president. You're a new president. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about, like, what kind of what prepared you to move into a role like that? 
I think there are a few things that go into my preparedness for this role to be a university um, president. And I would go back to kind of three kind of things, you know, my experience, um, having uh, great mentors and actually really being intentional of developing myself and the portfolio of things that I've done um, over my career and, you know, talk a little bit about kind of each of those things. You know, when I think of my experience, um, you know, I started out as a, an attorney um, in New York. Um, and so I have a, 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 an inclination towards managing risk, which turns out is actually a helpful tool to have uh, in this role. And, and as I transitioned um, 16 years ago into higher education, my focus on the revenue centers of uh, higher education, both being a chief enrollment officer and a chief development and fundraising officer for, for great institutions is really, really helpful in, in the role of a 21st, uh, pre, 21st century president. And, and, and I also have an inclination to uh, enjoy the external relations and communications functions of this. And um, there are a number of touch points in my background that, you know, lead me there. But I don't think any of that would, would be possible without having had um, very, very strong mentorship mm. leaders that saw potential in me, nurtured uh, my leadership uh, experiences uh, and exposure to a broad range of challenges and opportunities around an institution. You know, I, I would credit Dan Porterfield, uh, the former president at Franklin and Marshall College, who I work closely with on his senior leadership team and who, who's now the, the CEO of the Aspen Institute. And then uh, David Green up at Colby College, mm-hmm. uh, who's just doing phenomenal stuff for that incredible institution, um, who I work with on his senior leadership team as his chief development officer. And they were very intentional um, with meeting um, what I would describe as a real masterclass in training and development towards uh, becoming an, an institutional leader. So um, that confluence of stuff has prepared me relatively well, uh, it, you know, for for this type of an opportunity. COVID-19 changed everything for, for the world. You know, in your role as a new president, what was it like during those days? And, and I will divide this into like two semesters, right? With the the fall and the spring. And once we mm-hmm. get through this spring part, we'll jump back to the fall because I really want to hear about some of your favorite moments early on. But, you know, what was it like during those days leading up to the closure and all those very difficult decisions? Yeah, it's 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 uh, been a really, really challenging period of time. And the nature of the challenges have evolved and changed uh, over the past several months. The, the, the coronavirus, the pandemic that, that the world is really um, just suffering with right now is something that, that I started following pretty closely. Um, I, I, I've had the opportunity to travel to China um, pretty regularly and pretty extensively. Uh, and as a result, um, um, I've, I've been to Wuhan, China, and know people in Wuhan or people that are from Wuhan, China. And so I, I started paying pretty close attention in January to that experience, mm-hmm. you know, watching social media um, and kind of uh, stuff that seemed underreported. But but clearly I was noticing that um, Chinese leadership uh, and how they were locking Wuhan down and my, my emails with friends about what was going on there was telling me that, hey, this is a pretty serious thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, no way, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm, I, I am not trying to say I predicted, you know, what it turned into or, or turned into for our experience. So I was kind of watching that snowball, right, from afar, like, oh, gosh, that's, that's a, right. a, a thing that's happening over there. Now it's, uh, you know, moved into other areas. And so at every turn, I was watching the, the risk grow. We um, have a very, very um, fast-moving spring calendar. So in March, um, our spring break actually comes earlier than most. Um, so when we were really getting to that serious point in time, our students were uh, literally about to come back, and we knew um, that there was great risk that, that we thought we, we were going to have to do something like what, what turned out what we did was to virtualize our instruction um, and to ask the vast majority of our students um, to return home. Um, so our students did come back to campus. We knew there was risk there. We had, you know, uh, study away programs um, around the world that we had ensured that we got students back from. Uh, we had uh, students coming back from their spring breaks from all over the country and all over the world, faculty coming back from all over the world. So the first thing that we did was actually we made a notice to anyone who felt that they were in a particular at-risk group, whether because of their age or because of being mm -hmm. you know, immunocompromised, that they should work remotely uh, in that first week um, that we were ingesting our students back. When our students came back, we worked closely with our board, um, and it seemed very, very clear that we were going to have to um, virtualize our experience. And so we, we made an announcement on a, on a Thursday um, that students were going to need to depart campus by Sunday and, and take all of their belongings, right? That, mm -hmm. that was incredibly challenging for our community to hear. Um, we, we weren't the first school that did it, but we were towards the kind of early pack that did mm -hmm. it. And many schools were, you know, using uh, kind of a technique of extending their spring break. They didn't tell their, you know, students, they told their students they could leave their stuff because they, you know, they'll evaluate this every two weeks or something like that. You might come back. We, we knew that our students weren't going to come back, especially because of the early nature of our calendar. So, we went through that, and um, the following Wednesday, um, our, our, our programs were up online. We virtualized almost 700 courses for the spring semester, mm -hmm. um, a real heroic and Herculean effort, um, and we transitioned. Um, and, and then, you know, a, a different type of life, you know, ensued. I feel like our universities are, um, are even better positioned going forward. I mean coming out of this pandemic, and I know there's a lot of challenges that we still need to address in the short term, but uh, I feel like in the long term, we might be in a better position and become stronger. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to be going in one direction or the other. I, I, you know, I don't think yeah, anyone yeah. is going to stand pat, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can uh, individually as well as collectively, you know, kind of make the best decisions and weather the storm, um, I do think that um, this is a, uh, there will be a significant kind of reordering uh, of, of the marketplace. Um, and um, clearly, um, you know, if, if we play our cards right, we could be in a stronger position. Mm -hmm. No, no, no mm -hmm. question about it. But there's, there's another story to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, right. I, fe I fear that, that there, there will be uh, many more uh, 
there's already been a pace of, of you know, financial risk and insecurity amongst a lot of colleges and universities. And, and, and that drumbeat is going to definitely pick up. Um, but again, that, that creates opportunity, right? right. That, um, if that actually does pick up, um, someone's going to have to pick up all of those students that, yeah. that were, you know, going to those type, those other places. Let's just like reflect on the whole year for a moment. And what are a couple of those favorite moments, you know, as a, as a new president of this incredible university that really, jump out for you yeah i mean it's, it's been quite the year um we uh my family and i uh you know moved down from maine uh, we're, we're, we're coming up on the one year anniversary i think um i would have arrived about one year ago uh this week on my own for a couple weeks uh, then i was joined by my family it's been an incredible year really really an incredible year even with all of the challenging times that we're in right now um, I would say it's been one of the most um, exciting uh, years of, of, of my, my adult life. You know, the first day, uh, my, July 1st, um, when, when you officially are empowered um, to lead this institution, it's, it's a real moment um, of, of excitement, but, but also um, it's a serious moment, you know, to, to understand that the people, the history of the place, um, the facilities, the students, um, the success are, are now kind of, uh, you know, on your shoulders mm-hmm. in, in, in many ways. So that first day um, was, was an exciting day, and, and, and our communications and marketing team did a really wonderful job of getting me all over campus, meeting tons of folks, and then also getting me around the city of Charlotte to, to, to document, um, you know, kind of those first moments. So that was exciting. Um, my inauguration was was really wonderful. Um, I'll remember that forever. Um, I'm not a, a a huge pomp and circumstance kind of person, but there is something about that ritual that um, number one, our community did it so well, um, and to have uh, you know family and friends uh, and 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 some of the mentors that have made a, a big impact on my life there to share that day with me. You know, I've enjoyed uh, the opportunity uh, that I've had, and, and this has happened multiple times, um, to visit, you know, with our Student Government Association, to visit, you know, with a, a whole host of clubs and athletic teams. And those moments where I see kind of the excitement uh, in the eyes of our students yeah. really, really, you know, lift me up. Um, so, you know, there, there are lots of times that, 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 that I'll remember um, and, and, and take great pride in, um, in this first year. The future. I mean, there, again, a lot of things are developing day to day. We're all hoping to be back on campus, uh, come fall. Let's just assume that's happening. What's the future hold for Queens university? Any major initiatives you're working on that you're able to talk about? Our future uh, at Queens is incredibly bright. Uh, and there are a combination of factors that, that continue to really excite me. Um, one, I just think that we are incredibly well positioned. Uh, we have the type of educational experience that's really demanded and in need um, for students that want to thrive in the 21st century, right? That, that true access to getting um, the best of both worlds, a, a comprehensive uh, education that's grounded in the liberal arts um, that gets you to 
think uh, in an in a interdisciplinary way about challenges and problems. And then that real world experience that you get from our professional programs and the internship access that we have uh, throughout the city and then access to all of the professional communities uh, and employers of this great city of Charlotte. So, you know, that's not going to change. In fact, I think it's going to become even more important. You know, our positioning and, and, and our ability to really, really meet the needs of this growing region uh, to really assume the role of being the premier private university of Charlotte is, is a real challenge and opportunity for us that we have to live into. If, mm-hmm. if Charlotte's going to thrive, we're going to need to really expand um, our influence on this region um, and our ability to scale the number of professionals that we launch uh, into uh, the city and the region. This is an interesting city. Within the city limits, there are seven not-for-profit um, higher education institutions. And, you know, just to compare that a little bit, um, when you think about places like, you know, Nashville and Memphis that have a Approximately, a, you know, a dozen or Pittsburgh that has in the 20s or Boston, you know, mm-hmm. that has maybe in the 40s. I mean, and Charlotte's population is bigger than all of those. So there is a real, real need for us to, to do more. And I love that challenge and I love living into that. And, you know, we're, we are in the as even as we're dealing with the challenges presented by the uh, uh, pandemic, we're in the middle of strategic planning right now because mm-hmm. it's so, so important that we keep our eyes on the horizon because now more than ever, having a distinctive plan that, that moves this college uh, powerfully uh, into the 21st century is critical. So we're, we're looking at programs that make us an even more important partner for our industries in this region. We're building programs that, that, that really elevates our role to answer uh, perplexing challenges in this region around economic mobility and opportunity for, for all of the people of the region. And then very intentionally, we're looking at how we can harness the energy of North Carolina and Charlotte becoming, you know, a real, real important uh, technology and data capital for, for the nation and the world. So how do we position all of our programs to be much more deeply uh, engage in the training and facility of our students to understand data, uh, data analytics, computation, um, to be really leaders uh, for their industries in those fields. So there's a lot to do. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's a lot to do. And I feel very, very confident that even though that I, I, I know that the pandemic um, and just the trends in higher education look foreboding for many, many places, uh, Queens has a reason, has a reason and a need to thrive, to grow, um, and to be a part of um, the higher education landscape for a very, very long time. I mean, I know being a president, right, it, it, it is clearly known that it's a 24-7, 365 days of the year job. And uh, uh, boy, <laughs> have I noticed that. <laughs> every, every minute is precious. And um, so, you know, how do you find that? I mean, somewhat cliche, uh, but work-life balance. In, in such a, a demanding role, you know it is it is um, it is an ongoing. I, I think you're constantly wrestling with that, um, mm-hmm. you, and you're constantly refining and getting getting better. And and there's no question that that you know uh, I haven't even finished a year, so there's no way that I would claim to be good at it. Um, <laughs> I, I you know I would say that that's one of the biggest 
challenges. You know, what, what, what's been unique about this job? I've had jobs where, you know, I've, I've, I've worked constantly, you know, like just, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm just working all the time. And I've had jobs that have had, you know, a lot of stress and tension, um, you know, for, for, for a number of reasons. But the combination of those two, right, the, there's a quality of the volume of work as well as the kind of stress and tension of it and the, and the nature of it, it never, that it never turns off. I think really is um, one of the most um, perplexing uh, uh, challenges of this role. And um, I'm very, very fortunate to have, you know, a great family and incredible wife uh, that keep me uh, grounded. And uh, I'm also very fortunate to, to live really close. I've got a very, very short commute. Uh, so, you know, I can come home and, um, and immerse myself uh, in what's going on in my household. And, and, and that definitely helps. But it's interesting. Uh, this is a community where, um, you know, the leadership of, of the city um, stands out a little bit. And I wasn't expecting that, right? You know, I wasn't expecting when when I became president that, that I would be, you know, somewhat recognizable, especially in the surrounding community. Uh, so it does lead to this um, constant management of always being the president and always mm-hmm. being on. Um, so, you know, in, in the next couple of years, I hope to get better and better with managing work-life balance and finding ways to, 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 to kind of get away, which has this year hasn't been particularly good for, uh, you know, I was looking forward to um, being uh, at the end of the semester this year in particular, right? So, you know, this is a year where my family moved, where I was a first-year president, all of that entails. Um, and y- you can imagine that that I was looking forward to the summer to kind of <laughs> regroup. And this is going to be a different summer, you know. Mm-hmm. The pandemic is um, will prolong the period of time where we have to be on and planning uh, so, you know, at some point in the future, I'm sure I'll, 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 I'll find a way to, um, you know, take a breath and really think back on um, what, what we've learned and how I can do better. Well, having met you and, and certainly following you on social media and uh, just staying connected, I, uh, it is no surprise that um, the community recognizes you and, and sees you uh, as one of their local leaders doing great work. And uh, it's, it's certainly an honor to talk with you today. And I wish you much, much success going forward. And we'll uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again sometime in the near future. So thank you, President Lugo. Well, Sean, the honor is totally mine. The pleasure is mine. You, you, you are really doing um, uh, me a service and giving me a chance to uh, talk about Queens and what this year has been like. And thanks for all that you do uh, for you know, our consortium. And I'm very, very excited about our group of universities to really distinguish ourselves Mm -hmm. um, as we, you know, keep moving forward um, and the work that we need to do to provide a great education to our communities. Thanks for being here for Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities. This podcast is made possible thanks to our partner, public radio station 91.3 WYSO in Yale Springs, Ohio. Thank you, YSO. The New American Colleges and Universities connects our campuses to collaborate in the delivery of innovative ideas and to champion the belief that a comprehensive, liberal, professional, and civic education 
is essential to the future of our world. To learn more about our amazing campuses, visit nacu.edu, N-A-C-U dot E-D-U. See you soon.